What's one mindset shift you can make immediately? That's the question um, I'll be answering first today on Ask Joy the Detox Coach. And so let me start by introducing myself. I am Ask Joy the Detox Coach. And my definition of a detox is a specified period of time where you release or subtract whatever's weakening the body and mind and you rebuild or add what can strengthen the body and mind. Let that sink in. I just want you to really let that sink in because this is all about empowering who you are and it's also about you reaching your full potential. I've worked with lots of um, athletes and top CEOs and some celebs that I'm not allowed to mention by name However, uh, for privacy reasons. However, um, from working with people who are considered the top in their field or in the top of their game, in addition to working with everyday people, what I found is that everybody pretty much want the same foundational things. Everybody wants the same things, okay? When you take it down to its most basic level of what we want, it's, it's some of the same things. They may be expressed differently based on, you know, what you like and what you, um, what interests you. Like, think about that. Everybody doesn't want the same car. Everybody doesn't want to, the same house. Everybody doesn't want to live in the same place. Everybody doesn't enjoy the same foods. We are all different and we all, we're very unique. However, when it comes down to some of our most basic desires and wants, they're all similar, okay? So let's go ahead and answer that question. What is one mindset shift you can make immediately? Thank you for that question. It actually came from my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri. I love it. All right, so, oh my goodness. <laughs> there are so many mindset shifts you can make. I I guess what I'm, I'll answer that with one that is, it's very simple, but it it's profound, okay? And so a mindset shift you can make immediately is finding the good in everything. Finding the good in everything. Um, I, and the reason why I ended up choosing that for a simple mindset shift you can make immediately is because I was talking to a lady once who was on the brink of getting a divorce and she was shocked when she told me that she was about, or she was considering getting a divorce. They were, I think they were already separated. She was shocked at the very first thing I said to her because what most people said to her first was, oh, what happened or what went wrong or what caused you guys to make this decision? And that wasn't the first thing I asked her. I, the first thing I asked her was, what was the one thing that was really, really good about your relationship. Okay. And so even if you did already get a divorce and now you're single, you can still ask yourself that. What did it, what was good about the relationship? Trust me, you were not married for a, a year. You weren't even married for a single day without something being good about the relationship. So what was good about the relationship? And the reason I like that question 
is because trust me, anytime you do, you, you have something in your life happen that you consider a failure, I promise you, you are going to find all the ways that it was a failure. You're going to repeat the ways that you considered it a failure over and over and over again. You're going to remind yourself of how it failed. Like you don't need another person asking you that question. What was good about it? Because that is something you can move forward with. You you lost the business, you had to file bankruptcy. What was good about it before you lost it? What was good about it? Find the good in everything. Because again, I told you guys, I believe yesterday that I'm big on paying attention to patterns. And if you if you only pay attention to the negative patterns, those will soon be repeated. So how about getting into the habit of paying attention to the good in things? Because now you're you're going to make those things foundational for you in the future. If you realize that in a relationship, one thing that was really good about it is that you guys made time for one another, then you're going to make sure that you add that to your relationship in the future because that was something that made you happy. That was something that made you feel like it was a success. In business, if you notice that you were really good at uh, being a leader and so you led your staff well, then you'll know that that's something you're taking into your future business. That's a strength. That's something that you have that's a strength and you want to magnify your strengths. Sometimes I get upset because I'm like, gosh, we straight up were programmed to magnify our weaknesses. We're so good at magnifying our weaknesses. We don't even, let me tell you how good we are at magnifying our weaknesses. We're so freaking good at magnifying our weaknesses is no, that nobody had to teach us how to do it. <laughs> nobody had to teach us how to magnify our weaknesses, but we learned how, boy, and did we learn how to do it and do it well. So I'm suggesting to you that you flip it and you teach yourself and you start the practice of finding the good in things. Start the practice of finding the good in things. There's good all around you all day long if you notice it. There's good about your past. There's good about your, there's some good in your past relationships. There's some good in some of the choices that you've made regarding your health. There's some good in some of the choices you made about your career. There's some good in everything. So start writing that down so that you can see it. And you're like, man, I'm not a failure. I've made some freaking good decisions in my life too. How about that? How about patting yourself on the back? How about being your own cheerleader sometimes and reminding yourself of who the heck you are? Gosh, that's the ability I have. Actually, my husband has this ability even more so than I do, but I have it too. But we just have the ability to see people's strengths. <laughs> and we see, and sometimes if they don't see what we see, we're like, how can they miss this? Like, it's freaking, if it was a snake, it would bite all of us. Like, how can they miss this? How can they miss that they're good at this? How can they not see that this is one of their strengths? And so, so many, so much of the time you're walking around and you're magnifying your weaknesses and you'd be shocked at actually how people are picking up on some of your strengths and you don't even recognize it. So let's move on to the next question. The next question, is it okay to eat bad foods even if they make you happy? Mm, 
Mm-mm. That's deep. Is it okay to eat bad foods even if they make you happy? That came in from Canada. Thank you. Uh, if you want to send a question to me to uh, possibly answer live Monday through Wednesday when I do these shows, then text me your question at area code 747-777-6304 and um, put the question and where the question is coming from. You don't have to put your name or any of that. Okay. And so, wow, this is a really good question. Let me tell you why. Because we've been taught that bad foods are just that, bad foods. And that you should avoid bad foods no matter what. So that's why when you eat bad foods, typically uh, you can have a sense of guilt that's associated with the bad food that you're eating. And that's never good. So I have a, I kind of have a philosophy when it comes to quote unquote bad foods. I feel as if, well, two things. It's two parts. Number one is a matter of when you eat them. And number two is why you eat them. So let's talk about the when first. Um, There's no such thing as freaking balance. So don't believe that lie. Don't buy into that lie and say, well, as long as it's balanced, I can have all the crappy foods I want. I just need to balance it with good stuff. No, 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 no. Um, a long, long time ago, at the turn of the century, the average American only consumed about five pounds of sugar per year per person. Today, the average person consumes about 150 pounds of sugar per year per person. That's the significant difference. This is why it cracks me up when people say they don't need to detox. And I'm like... You really are overwhelming your system right now and you don't realize that a detox is a solution because it needs your help now, it needs your assistance. Yes, the liver is designed to detox you, but it needs your help because it's being overwhelmed now. And so, but at the time, snacks, sugar actually was considered expensive. So snacks, desserts, things like that, they were a treat. You had them periodically. You didn't have a freaking vending machine next to your office where you can just get a snack on that crapola in between your meals. And this whole snacking um, phase. Well, I shouldn't even call it a phase. It's not, it's not a phase. It's, it's not a trend. Uh, snacking is a lifestyle that has been promoted. And so it's a lifestyle that I don't believe in, but not in the way that it's promoted because it's promoted as if you need snacks every single day in between all of your meals. And, and that's a lie. So when, when do you, when do you have these so-called bad foods and why? So you have them, you have to give them a specified place and time in your life. So I feel the best time to have it is S, S, and S. I used to say SSNS because that's like Saturdays, special occasions, um, sometimes. But the, the, the way I have it now is I have it on weekends and special occasions and holidays. However, not to exceed three times per month. Okay? So... If the special occasion is Thanksgiving and it's on a weekday, then you can have that slice of pecan pie, okay? Because 
You already made a pact with yourself that you're going to have it no more than three times per month. So it has a when, you know when you can do it, and then you'll make good choices. So when you can have a snack whenever you feel like it or whenever you're hungry, your snacks are even low quality. They don't even have a good why. You will just have a Snickers because you're at the grocery store and you're hungry, and so on the ride home, you will snack on the Snickers. Or you'll just have candy at your desk, and when you're bored, you'll snack on the candy. Doesn't have a when, it doesn't have a why. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give it a win. It's going to be special occasions, birthdays, holidays, um, and weekends, but it's going to be no more than three times per month. Now, why? The why is important because it could be just because you feel like it. It could be because you're celebrating. It could be because your grandma made oatmeal chocolate chip cookies when you were little so it gives you happy feelings it gives you nostalgia it makes you feel good it reminds you of the happy times you spent with your grandma so sometimes it could be associated with a specific reason that makes you feel good but sometimes it could be just because not because you deserve it don't ever say because you deserve it are you kidding me it's just because you want to and you have freedom of choice and you can choose to so now you know when and now you know why. It could be a special reason why or it could be just because, but now you're, you won't abuse it to the point where you're inundated, inundating your body with so much that the body can't even push it out. It can't even purge it out because you're just doing it all the time. And so you're constantly giving it high sugar or high salt if you're in a salty snacks. No, you wanna have some popcorn with butter all over it at the movie on your date night or family night, do it. Because you're enjoying it and you hadn't had popcorn in a while and you do it and you enjoy it. You don't feel guilty. You don't associate guilt with having it. Okay, hope that clears that up. All right, so now I have a random fun question. And the random fun question today is, if you could start a charity, what would it be for? Ooh. I want you guys to think about that too. Um, as for me, anytime I do things with teenagers, because I have a heart for teenagers, whenever I do stuff with teenagers, I always look at that as my charity. I do things with teenagers at church. Um, I used to do a sleepover with teenagers where we would go through this um, book. So I would have them all read this particular book that I think is very helpful for teens to read. And then we would have a sleepover where we go over the book, but we also do fun stuff like um, makeup and fashion shows and movies and games. So that's anytime I do things for teenagers, that's all I always consider that charity. And then another thing that I would like to do for charity, I always talk about this, but I never back it up with action, unfortunately. And that is, I want to do something like random acts of kindness, but I want it to be more structured. Okay. So I don't want it to be like, Oh, you know, Oh, I'm going to just do this. I, I'd, I'd rather it be structured and I'd rather, I don't know. I, I need to sit down and write it down and get it out of my head and then put some momentum behind it and just ignite it. That's really what I need to do because that's something that's been on my heart for a while. And I, that, that's the only thing that I've, I, usually if, <laughs> if, if something comes on my heart, I build the plane as I fly it. That is my philosophy. That's my Motto, build the plane as you fly it. That's why there's very few things that I've desired to do that I haven't done. 
because I just have a philosophy to build the plane as you fly it. You don't need all the pieces together. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to wait for God to just send you a bird out of the sky with a note in its mouth saying it's time. You don't need any of that. You have the desire that is enough. That means that is for you because I believe we all get our different desires and it's for us. It's custom for us. You know what makes your heart sing and happy. You know what you can't stop thinking about. And what you can't stop thinking about is not for me. So you may have a strong desire to help the homeless. That's your mission. That's your charity. So that's why you can't make me feel guilty if I don't uh, help you with your charity or do the same things that you are doing. Because it's for you. It's for you. Now, you may inspire some other people with doing it, with being obedient to that mission, but you don't, you can't force other people because they may have their own desires that they want to um, implement that would be a positive change in the world, okay? All right, that was really good. That was really good. All right, so before, um, well, let me go ahead and answer the last one first. This is the last question of today. What are some books that you, what are some books that can expand your mind? Oh, wow. Also from the Midwest, from Kansas. What are some books that can expand your mind? Oh my. Um, this might be a hard question for me to answer because I have so many books. I've read so many books, which is pretty funny considering like when I was in high school, I did everything that I could do to not read books. Like I did not want to read books. That The thought of reading books when I was in high school seemed excruciatingly boring. But then I learned something after high school. I learned that when you read things that mean something to you, that are inspirational to you or motivational to you or interesting to you, then you can read all day, every day, because there it's, it's of your own interest. You're not being forced to read. So now, yeah, I read lots and lots of books. I have read lots and lots of books. I will say there's, there's um, books that 80% of the books I read, 80% of the books I read are either autobiographies, health and wellness, mindset and spiritual okay 80 percent of the books i read so right now i'm looking over in my bookshelf and i'm just gonna name some i'm just gonna name a few and and because these clearly must be pretty good books for them to be on my bookshelf uh relentless that's one of the books i see over there the millionaire mind nutritional healing um, what's that book? Oh, Pizza Tiger. Pizza Tiger uh, is the owner of Domino's. We met him for dinner and he, that's his book. So he talked about um, how he went from, oh my goodness, you have to read his story. I don't want to give anything away, but he has, uh, he, when we met him for dinner, I think he was like 70 years old and he pulled out a piece of paper out of his pocket and he had, he said the Everything that is his 70 year plan is written on that piece of paper. Like he's 70 years old and still had a 70 year plan. Like, so that was very inspiring to uh, talk to him and go deep into his mindset. Uh, let's see what else. We have Power of a Praying Wife. I see that book. No BS Marketing. Um, what else is over there? 
Let's see, let's see. Ooh, conscious entrepreneurs. Atomic habits. I see my book, Supercharger Superhuman. Herbal medicines. Oh my goodness, it's so it's so many books over there. Oh my uh fate in my top three, the game of life and how to play it. I see some books by C.S. Lewis. I see books by Napoleon Hill. Oh, and I noticed a trend too is that I I read a lot of books from books that were written in like early 1900s. <laughs> so one philosophy that I have is I like I like tried and true methods. I don't like fads. I like tried and true methods. I like, that's why it's, it's also interesting to me when people think that detox is a fad just because they started hearing the terminology like five years ago or once, it probably was before that. Once the internet became big, once social media became big, then obviously information can spread further and faster. However, what I've realized is just because information can spread further and faster, it doesn't mean that people are picking up what other people have put down. Does that make sense to you? So there's, we are inundated with so much information, more information than ever. As a matter of fact, like I have books and, and I have not only books in my library, but boxes of books, boxes of books, like tons of books. And I still have books in a digital library that I can listen to on Audible or that I can listen to while I drive or while I clean up. Like, so there's information everywhere now. There's no excuse. If you don't like to sit down and cuddle up to a book, you can listen to a book while you drive and commute to work. You can get information in so many ways now. You can get information from YouTube or Google. And so it may feel like information is just a keyboard away. However, I feel that even though there's more information out now than ever, I feel like the implementation of the information is nowhere near as high as, high as it used to be. Because I feel like it's caused people to just, um, how can I say this? Um, it, it's, it's watered down the power of information. So because it's watered down, people don't realize what's at their fingertips. People don't realize the power of what's at their fingertips. So what difference is, does it make if you have information in front of you, but you don't do anything with said information? I like what it says in the Bible when it says too much is given, much is required. So you are required to do something with that information. Like I am on fire when I get new information. I am on fire when I'm reminded of information that I read or heard 10 years ago. Like it never gets old. Truth never gets old. Things that empower you never gets old. It never gets old. So the key is, even though there's information everywhere, many people are either taking it for granted and not using it 
to ignite the fire on the inside of them because that's what I believe information is supposed to become revelation and then it's supposed to become transformation. Information should transform you. If information is not transforming you, there is a problem. And that's why a lot of times people need to get help. They need to have a coach or something to help them implement information. Someone that is uh, along the lines of what they want, along the lines that can help them in the area that they need the most help. I started this off saying there's four main areas people all want help in, and they all want to improve aspects of their lives in these four areas. And that is health, wealth, love slash relationships, and purpose. We all want to achieve greatness in those areas. And there's no reason why you shouldn't. And there's definitely no reason why you can't. So step one, I always end each one off with the same message. And that's an invitation to allow Christ to come to your heart because that was the first step that I took. And it changed my life. It changed my mentality. And it changed just how I wanted to show up in the world. And I saw that it was more to the world than just me, that I could have a helper. So if you want that in your life, then all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me and believe it in your heart and say, Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent for my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and do your will. It's in Jesus' name that I believe and receive the things I just prayed on this day. Amen. If you just said that for the first time in your entire life, let me be the first person to welcome you to the kingdom. This is all about kingdom business and kingdom living because you are royal. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what your past has has looked like. You are royal. You are royal. You are royalty. And you have to just believe it. You have to know it. And you didn't do anything to deserve it. It was gift. It was a gift. It was a gift that was given to you. And so just like any gift that's given to you, all you have to do is receive it and just be thankful. Okay. Just be thankful, but don't sit on your gifts because you were also given some gifts too. And you're supposed to ignite those gifts and allow it to be expressed through you. So what are some of the gifts that are ready to be expressed through you? This is what one of the things that I'm here to help you do. And I wish right now upon you that those things become unveiled to you if you're not sure so that you start to see clearly what your purpose is in life. Okay. That's my desire for you. My desire is that from this moment on, you can now see where at first you were blinded, where at first you had no clue, where at first you had no clear purpose. As a matter of fact, maybe you had lots of insecurities and doubt, but I have a desire that you will see you for who you truly are. Because in this world, there's only either a truth or a lie. And then truth is you are royalty. It is what it is. So until next time, catch me live every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Or if you only can catch the recording, then go to your normal podcast providers and check me out there to hear the recording. Until next time, R3 for live. Bye.